you know, although all of that might sound dramatic, it's absolutely real. Mm-hmm. And by talking about the challenges of motherhood, particularly by those who can use their creative voice to do so, without even perhaps realising it, we are contributing to breaking down these taboos, these stigmas, and we are helping mothers feel less alone. So we are helping with this massive issue. Welcome to the Moms Who Create podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Heil, and I am thrilled to share a podcast that celebrates the incredible moms who are pursuing their creative passions. Are you a mom who feels like you just can't balance your creative pursuits with the demands of motherhood? Each week, I'm bringing you interviews with accomplished and talented moms who have made their creative dreams a reality. I talk to writers, artists, musicians, and entrepreneurs who have successfully found a way to do what they love while raising the ones they love. Some of the writers I talk to are New York Times bestselling authors, while some are self-published first-time authors. I also share my own insights and resources to help you navigate the unique challenges of being a mom who creates. So whether you're an early bird or a night owl, a seasoned pro, or just starting out, I want you to know that you can pursue your creative passions and be an amazing mom at the same time. Grab a cup of coffee, a notebook, and get ready to join our community of like-minded moms who are on a mission to live intentionally and create with purpose. This is the Moms Who Create podcast, and I can't wait to share this journey with you. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Moms Who Create podcast. Daisy Lane is a writer and toddler mama from England. She is the founder of Posh Dog Press, an independent publisher dedicated to amplifying the voices of mothers. She's also the creator of the Lockdown Mama community for moms whose pregnancy, birth, and or postpartum was impacted by the pandemic. Daisy writes honest poetry about motherhood and maternal mental health, and was a recipient of Arts Council England funding to encourage mothers to write through their trauma. Daisy is the author of the children's book, What About My Tummy Mummy? Encouraging Body Positivity in Young Children. She's seriously the best. This episode is a loud and clear call to all who wish to better understand motherhood's realities, the importance of mental health, and the power of the written word. Let's listen, learn, and let Daisy's journey inspire us. Welcome to the podcast, Daisy. It is such a pleasure to have you on here. To kick things off, could you just share a little bit about your journey, about yourself, and how you arrived at this point in your career? Yeah, thank you. So I'm Daisy. Um, I'm first and foremost a mom to a three-year-old and I write, so mostly poetry, mostly about modern motherhood and maternal mental health, um, which I share online. I'm an author of a children's book, which was published earlier this year. Um, I set up uh, an independent publishing company, which you mentioned. So that's called Posh Dog Press. And I'm currently in the process of publishing our first book, which is a collection of stories written by women on how the pandemic affected their motherhood experience. Mm. Um, so that's kind of me presently. But in terms of you know what led me to this path, um, I've always been fascinated by the power of words 
you know how some people enjoy like films and there's iconic scenes in films that stand out for people as being memorable and powerful for me it's words not necessarily just poetry but anything so like song lyrics political statements I just love lines that pack a punch um and I was always good at English at school I wrote poems I wrote stories loved books loved anything creative actually and I studied uh, creative writing and English lit at university so that love of writing kind of took me through my teenage years and early adulthood um but I really didn't get on with university and it actually made me fall out of love with writing for a while sadly and reading um I think I just I had to read so many books that I disliked and (laughs) Mm -hmm. that I would never have chosen to read to the point where I think I needed a break from it after university and my confidence was knocked in university as well I found the whole environment quite competitive rather than supportive and I just had some bad experiences. I found the lit classes so pretentious and I found them to be a complete cliche. And and so I left uni, how old was I, at 21, quite defeated. And I didn't really pick up a pen again until maybe like eight years, nine years later when I became a mom. And I mean, I've always reached for writing Whenever I needed to process something or at difficult traumatic points in my life and when I had a baby, her birth, it almost broke me. It was one of the most you know, profound things to have ever happened in my life. And one of the first things I did when I came home with the baby was I grabbed a pen, a fresh journal and I wrote down everything that happened from start to finish every little detail it was like instinct to do it it just came back again I poured it out onto the page it was like I needed to get it out of my head onto the paper and I was like oh yeah I I remember now why this used to be so important to me Mm -hmm. and so as I struggled through the early stages of motherhood And I did struggle. I was very depressed. We were in the middle of the pandemic. I felt so alone. Mm. Um, I used to write through it and it felt like it captured the moment. It helped me process it. It helped me to understand my own feelings. And the next step for me was sharing those words online, never with any intention of it going anywhere it was for me more than anything. Um, but then the response I had was so surprising to me and it was so validating mm-hmm. and it helped build that confidence back up that had been knocked out of me like a decade prior. And in turn, I became more honest, more open. I felt freer. Mm-hmm. It helped my mental health. And that was only less than two years ago that I started sharing my writing online and here I am that community and that kind of platform that I have online it's given me so much Mm -hmm. it presented so many wonderful opportunities to me 
all from that, all from writing from the heart, really. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's my journey. Incredible. And I didn't realize it was just the past two years, really, mm. that you said that you kind of picked it back up. Looking at you online and just everything that you do now, I feel like, oh, she's been doing this for 20 years, you know? And although you have been a writer and just like a words person your whole life, it really does seem like you've just been doing this forever. And I can tell, even by just looking at your like online presence and just how you formulate your words and your poetry. I can tell that it just comes straight from your heart. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I need it now. And I kind of can't believe that I went without it for so long. But Mm -hmm. I think the same with any true love, you sometimes need a break (laughs) from it, you know. So I I had uh, an extended break away from it. (laughs) But I did return to it. It it called me back again. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it has helped me immensely now. And that's what I try to encourage with other people use writing because it is a tool it's a it's a therapy mm-hmm. and yeah. access to therapy is so limited um yeah right now and so you know whatever you can find yourself use it and writing I think is such a powerful one now you do focus on mental health and with moms too so like what importance do you place on mental health and just well-being in general for mothers. Yeah, well, doing doing more to support the mental health of mothers is the single biggest legacy I can leave in this world. Mm-hmm. Suicide is the leading cause of maternal, maternity-related death in the UK. And there are clear studied links between maternal mental health and the well-being of the infant things like attachment brain development and the state of my mental health affected my ability to mother and so you know if the if the suffering of women and as a result potentially their children and their loved ones isn't enough of a driving force for change and often in this country, it sadly isn't. Um, there's also things like, you know, it accounts for a significant economic burden. The cost of maternal mental health issues to the economy in the UK alone is something like six or seven billion pounds per year. There's a wow. really good report, actually, about the importance of benefits of addressing unmet maternal mental health needs. Um, that can be found on the Maternal Mental Health Alliance website. But, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Supporting the well-being of mothers is essential to our society, yet motherhood continues to be unsupported. And I speak a lot about the maternal mental health crisis the pandemic has left us with. I've spoken at great length with hundreds of mothers who were pregnant or gave birth or experienced their postpartum period during the pandemic and whose mental health was severely impacted by the maternity restrictions at the time. So that's for the lockdown project that I'm working on. And we will see the effects of this for years to come. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I speak to mothers who 
won't have a second baby because they're so traumatized by their first experience they won't risk going through it again because their trauma hasn't been resolved that is the biggest risk to the human population so you know although all of that might sound dramatic it's absolutely real Mm -hmm. and by talking about the challenges of motherhood particularly by those who can use their creative voice to do so. We are, without even perhaps realising it, we are contributing to breaking down these taboos, these stigmas, and we are helping mothers feel less alone. So we are helping with this massive issue. You're amazing, Daisy. What you're doing is just fantastic. And it really does come from your heart. Like, just like you say, not to be dramatic. No, you're speaking facts. This is true stuff. And this is a stuff that a lot of people, especially mothers, especially new mothers, they don't talk about, you know, it is kind of taboo. It's like, no, I'm fine. Everything's fine. And I think this links back to uh, writing being a form of therapy. Um, In my opinion, everyone needs therapy after having a child. Anything that turns your world upside down warrants therapy of some kind. Mm -hmm. Not only the physical changes, the mental changes, the challenges. You know, what what other event in your life turns your world upside down like that overnight at the click of a finger? Mm -hmm. You can't prepare for it no matter how much you try. And so this is why, my God, anything that we can grab writing, okay, yeah, I'll take it. Let me, let me write because if that helps me process this roller coaster whirlwind whirlwind that, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm struggling to make sense of, then yeah, I'll do it. And that's Mm -hmm. absolutely what I believe for should be available to everyone mm-hmm. and by helping yourself through your writing other people can read that and it also helps them and then so on and so forth and it's just like a domino effect for everyone how do you find your balance now writing actually helps you in your motherhood right it's not mm-hmm. not an, not an escape like getting away but you know just like your oxygen again that's part of you but still it can be hard to find that creative time with children. So how do you find your balance? And then what advice do you have for moms listening to find their balance too? So if you haven't heard, the Moms to Create journal is here. I am so excited to share this with you all. I've created this journal for you to fill with your project ideas, whether you're a writer, artist, entrepreneur, musician, or just a creative of any kind. If you're listening to this podcast, I guarantee that this journal is for you. With over 100 blank pages to plan your dreams, here's a space for your creativity to take flight. Go to momswhocreate.com slash journal for more information. Available now on Amazon. In all honesty, with great difficulty, and I think that's important to say. I'd love to sit here and say that I've got it all worked out and the balance is perfect, but the truth is it's, it's hard to find any time for yourself of any kind 
especially in in early motherhood when your children need so much of you mm-hmm. and so creative endeavors in particular can suffer mm-hmm. and they fall by the wayside so you know it's for me it's always that in between time I feel like I'm always desperately trying to grab at it and it, it gives an urgency into what you're doing as well so that does limit creative freedom and as someone who writes that does absolutely nothing for writer's block because mm-hmm. you know if someone sits you down and says okay you've got a 10 minute window write it's like you suddenly forget how to use a pen right. and often as mothers of course we have limited time and it's very much set for us it's dictated by our child and our child's needs and their schedule and their routine so creativity definitely gets stifled and often it's then that it's calling out to you as well that like this is the time where I want to be writing more than ever and you feel the pull more so it's sort of an impossible situation um one which I struggle to navigate myself so I can't pretend that I'm balancing anything the scales right now are definitely not level um but I just do what I can when I had a newborn I was writing on the notes app on my phone while my baby was napping in my arms now it's when she's gone to bed and it's nine o'clock every night for an hour before I go up to bed myself mm-hmm. you know it's I work part-time my day job isn't in writing mm-hmm. so when I'm not working I'm mothering my little girl is three so she's not yet in full-time school and then you know I'm also trying to run a business and trying to be a present wife mm-hmm. and a good daughter and granddaughter and sister and friend And I'm trying to navigate grief and finding space for that Mm -hmm. whilst trying to keep on top of, you know, life admin and the mental load and (laughs) trying to keep my house from looking like a tornado has hit it whilst trying to remember I've got to book that appointment. I've got to buy them a new pair of shoes and, you know, and then it's the sickness bugs and the viruses and the disturbed night's sleep. So, the writing and the creative projects you know I'm not able to pay them a fraction of the time or attention I wish I could and there are days where when you have young kids where you feel like you're just surviving you're just trying to be a good mom Mm -hmm. do the bare minimum to get through the day so on those days I struggle to find space for creativity mm-hmm. and I think I've battled with that for a while I think that's an adjustment period for any new mom yeah that sort of giving up of your time you know your old life where you're sort of handing pieces of yourself over it's a shock at first and it is an adjustment and then I think eventually I sort of began to lean into it a little and I kind of accepted that, okay, this won't last forever right now. This isn't my time. 
I will get my time back. Mm-hmm. But for now, I'll accept that in-between time because that's the sacrifice. Those pieces of me that I handed over, you know, I'll get them back over time, piece by piece, and I'll start rebuilding myself. But not right now, not yet. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of become generally okay with that now yes it frustrates me at times and it is kind of all part of a bigger conversation really I guess because if if mothers were more supported both in the home and by the state Mm -hmm. then this mental load and these responsibilities that take up so much of our time and our brain power would be alleviated and would allow creativity to flourish more and we can campaign for that and I can add my voice to it all. Um, but in the meantime, all any of us can do is our best yeah. with the time and the support that's available to us. And that's what mm-hmm. I, that's what I do. You put that so beautifully, so beautifully and well said. Mm-hmm. I feel like you talk in poetry too, and I love it. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's a huge compliment. It's such a difficult balance. You cannot do everything. Parenting is hard. It's And it's all the seasons, isn't it? It changes so quickly. So I know that this time next year, my little girl will have just started school. And so I'll probably suddenly have this time that I didn't have before. So I guess as cliche as it sounds if you're kind of struggling in that space now where particularly in those early days where you robbed of so much of your time just take each day as it comes and don't try to do it all ask for help where you can take the support if you can don't feel guilty about it just do your best it's all we can do and like before you have your children you can read all the parenting books and like what to expect but it really does change your world in all of these wonderful and frightening ways so you you just have to do your best that's all we can do and Mm -hmm. no one no one is like a perfect parent so don't think you know if you don't do this or you can't do this or you spend half an hour writing whatever you're doing don't think you're taking away from your child's you know childhood they're not gonna like resent you for that one time on Wednesday when you went downstairs for 30 minutes to write something you know but like we'll remember that forever like were they mad because I did this like am I not a good parent everyone has these thoughts like everyone does yeah a hundred percent we beat ourselves up over these things and Mm-hmm. Nothing anyone could ever say to me would change that. I'd still feel guilty. I'd still yeah. find yeah. something to feel guilty about. Mm-hmm. I don't deserve to because I do my best. Yeah. But the guilt comes with the territory of being a mom, unfortunately. But right. you know, that's if I could say anything to moms, it's just as long as they're loved and you're doing the best that you can with the support and the facilities you've got that is all that matters I know what it's like to be in that space to be struggling to feel so alone um and you really don't you really don't have to there is this shame and stigma surrounding 
asking for help. We want to look like we've got our shit together. We want to look like we can do it all, but we can't. There's clearly the statistics are there. We're struggling, mm-hmm. and that's nothing to feel guilty about. Mm-mm. The expectations on us are too great, you know. So reach out, ask for help. I went to my doctor, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, I say this to to a lot of people. If you feel like you're struggling um, and it's beyond anything that you can kind of uh, tackle on your own with things that we were talking about, like writing and other therapies, reach out to your doctor, to your GP, Mm -hmm. um, like I did, because I needed that extra support. Mm -hmm. um, And there is no shame in that at all. Again, thank you for everything you shared. You are fantastic, Daisy. So thank you for your just talking today and your writings and everything that you're doing for mothers. You're amazing. Um, where can listeners find you online to connect with you on social media, check out your writings, all the things? Where can they find you online? Uh, so I'm mainly on Instagram. So it's Daisy Lane Writes at Daisy Lane Writes. Um, that's where I post most of my stuff. Um, and my children's book, actually, would you mind if I um, just mention that? Please do. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that whole thing. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I have a children's book. So it's called What About My Tummy, Mummy, which was published this year. It's a picture book um, aimed at three to seven year olds uh, about our bodies and appreciating what our bodies do for us. I remember looking for books for younger children as a consumer about body positivity and there was just nothing out there. There was for kind of teenagers, Mm -hmm. but nothing for a younger audience. And in my opinion, it's a conversation that we should be exposing our children to as early as possible, Mm -hmm. encouraging them to love our bodies. Often by the teenage years, sadly, a lot of damage has already been done. And so, yeah, I I wrote my own and it was picked up by a publisher here in England. Um, So you can purchase it online in the usual places, Amazon, etc. And what's it called? What about my tummy, mummy? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's mummy, the English version, <laughs> even though actually I say mummy. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that sounds like such an incredible book, dude. Like, dude, mm-hmm. you're doing all the good work. <laughs> so please know, you know, you're putting all this effort towards everything to help other women, and but know that you are. You absolutely thank are. You. So thank you for what you do, Daisy. Thank Aww. you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank yes. you. Lovely. It's been, um, thank you for listening. Don't forget to connect with me and the podcast online on Instagram and Facebook at moms who create podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are the best. I'll see you next week.